is estimated that there are hundreds of millions of stray cats worldwide. These cats may be feral, abandoned pets, or lost cats that have never been reunited with their owners. Stray cats can have positive and negative impacts in communities. While they can help control rodent populations, they may also cause property damage and noise complaints. But they are alive, right? So we have an organization here, a nonprofit, that is championing feline welfare. And we have Angie Campbell. She's the director of communications and fundraising for Feline Lifeline of South Carolina. Welcome to the podcast, Angie. Hi, thank you so much for, for having me and having us on the program. Lovely to talk about conservation of animals and protection of animals. Always. I'm an animal lover. Yeah. So tell us, how, how did this come about? You noticed a lot of stray cats on the street and you decided to do something about it. Is that how that started? Yes. Um, I think most people who get involved in this type of uh, cat rescue, they, you know, were maybe at a restaurant or just walking down the street and saw a stray cat and wanted to help it. And unfortunately, um, once you, you commit to helping a stray cat or a feral cat, like uh, you realize that it's a lot of work for you. Um, there's not terribly a lot of resources available to, to help. So you kind of have to hunt for them and, mm-hmm. and, and really, you know, dive in yourself to make it, to make an effort. Right. So why stray cats? Why not stray dogs? You don't really see many stray dogs around. Right. There are certainly um, stray dogs and and homeless dogs that need help, but uh, especially in our community and I think across America at large, you see more cats. Um, It's just, the problem is, uh, Basically, you know, we here in America, we lack uh, a lot of spay and neuter laws in various areas. Some parts of our country have spay and neuter laws and some parts of our country do not. And um, here in South Carolina, we do not. And so we we see an overpopulation of homeless cats on the streets um, and unfortunately, uh, like I said, there's there's kind of a lack of resources and um, and but there are a lot right. of people who do care and who are making an effort and and I do believe that you know one cat at a time we are making an impact. True. Now, when you say a stray cat, it requires a lot of medical attention. It requires the TNR. Uh, it's called the trap, neuter, and release process, isn't it? Yes. Now, to take, and where do you find these cats? I mean, you just see a cat on the street, or do they live in colonies? Do you have to identify colonies? Do you have to take permissions? So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's not a very easy task. No, um, the, you know, pretty much here, you can just walk outside, and your chances of running into a stray cat are are good. Um, feral cats are a little different from stray cats. Stray cats generally uh, are used to people and, you know, you can reach down, maybe pet them. Feral cats tend to be wary of, yeah, 
they they tend to be wary of people. They'll they'll actually hide. They won't really, um, you know, they won't come up and attack you okay. or mm-hmm. uh, they they're skittish and they're scared of people because they haven't had any positive interaction with people. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit difference there. Um, and unfortunately, you know, there are a lot of stray cats. There are a lot of feral cats, and they will um, form colonies because it's kind of a, a misconception that cats are not social creatures. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, dogs love to be in packs and um, cats do also, they form colonies and they'll form uh, feral cat colonies. And, you know, even these stray cats will kind of attach themselves to, to the cat colonies because they do like uh, being around other cats. And they do like, um, you know, they, they kind of depend on each other for uh, finding food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm very interested in understanding this because I do have a lot of stray cats around my house and uh, there is no way that I'm able to trap, neuter and release them again because the numbers just keep increasing, you know, phenomenally. If I look at how do I control cat populations? I know they are cute. I know they are adorable. Everything is fine. But after a certain limit, you know, they scream and screech at night. Uh, they damage property. They come and uh, ruin my plants. So I, I look at the other side of the problem. How do you deal with this? And do you educate people about how to deal with this kind of an issue? Yeah, Um it all kind of goes back to that whole problem of, you know, lack of spay and neuter. Once you spay and neuter a cat, it eliminates a lot of their aggression. It eliminates a lot of, you know, their fighting, a lot of all those issues that contribute to them being a nuisance. Um, With the trap, neuter, and release programs here in America that, you know, our volunteers do, what we do is we'll you know, we'll trap the cat and then we take it to either a spay neuter clinic or a veterinarian and they will spay it. They'll also treat it, you know, for any obvious um, illnesses and they'll also vaccinate it. Um, We give the cats, you know, time to recover and then we release them. But then on top of that, we go back every day and we make sure they have a food source. So that way they are not, you know, rummaging through trash and and bothering people who are, you know, visiting businesses. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, work involved, but, you know, once you do put in that, uh, that work, um, you know, it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. You do see the, you know, the positive effects and it does benefit, you know, everyone. True, true. Um, Angie, I read on your website that you are affiliated or Petco is the one that is uh, supporting this program and this initiative. So could you tell us a little bit about that aspect? Sure. Um, you know, we, we're we a small organization. We're a 501c3 uh, nonprofit. And so we rely on the public to give us donations. And we also rely on companies such as Petco to support us and give us uh, grant money, and we are very fortunate to be a Petco Love partner, 
and they allow us to um, have space in their stores. They call them cat habitats. Mm -hmm. So we are, we them. go in and uh, we put the cats in the stores and we help find them homes. Yeah, so, and what is the success rate? Um, it's, you know, I don't think that we would be able to, to do what we do um, without that partnership. And, you know, fortunately, um, I would say we probably do, I don't know, maybe anywhere from 10 to 20 adoptions a month. Well, so, that's, that's a good number. That's a good number, yeah. It's a good number for us because we are, you know, we're a small organization, so. Yeah. Well, I feel uh, being a small organization or a large organization really doesn't matter because your intention is good and you are making an impact, whether it is by one cat or maybe 10 cats, makes a lot of difference, isn't it? Let's take a break to understand what Jizuba is. Everyone at some point ponders on how this beautiful life can be made more meaningful. Maybe you're a leader trying to enhance your employees' experience at your organization. Or you already work for the community and seek volunteers with state-of-the-art skills to strengthen your nonprofit. Whatever your situation, know that you can make a difference. Chizuba began with this very vision, a vision to facilitate every skill and every passion in the world in meeting a social need. Corporate volunteering has several benefits for both businesses and organizations. In parallel, experienced and enthusiastic volunteers join NGO workers, enabling them to serve the community more effectively. Chizuba offers everyone looking to add purpose and meaning to their lives a chance to connect or volunteer virtually with non-profit organizations from over 100 countries around the world. Visit www.chizuba.net and explore opportunities to find meaning. Chizuba, your platform to do good. And now, back with our guest. Now, this is one aspect. You're, you know, this is a store that has cats that have been neutered and kept there for adoption. Do you also go to schools or other institutes to go and talk about this issue? Is there an organization, uh, like say uh, a local community center where you are, you know, you have five, 10 minutes of introduction. Is that an event? Um, we, we currently do not go into schools and do education. It's definitely something that, you know, we would like to do and that we've discussed it just kind of all comes down to the fact that we're all volunteers and we have to um, determine, you know, where our strengths are and what we have time for and making the most impact. There are other groups in our area. Um, there's an organization called Speak for Animals, which we do a lot of partnership with. Um, they, they handle um, a lot of, you know, spay and neuter initiatives and, uh, their president, their um, her name is Susan Buffano. She's a great friend of ours. I know that she has done a lot of going into schools and trying to educate people on, you know, the homeless cat and dog population. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, I think it, that's a very uh, impactful way of getting across the message, right? And young children are anyway interested in having a pet at home. So what better way than having an adopted animal that 
that would be beautiful. Well, I'm just suggesting here. So, <laughs> of course, you have your yeah. plans happening. Uh, also, Angie, could you just tell us about uh, how to approach a cat? Suppose I come across a stray cat and I need to do something about it. How do I approach a stray cat? Well, I definitely advise you to use caution um, because, you know, some cats could be infected with rabies or another disease that could impact you. Um, fortunately, rabies is not very prevalent. It's it's very rare, but you can potentially come across that. So um, my first advice is basically to just kind of, you know, assess the situation. Everyone loves cats, right? You want to go up and you want to try to pet it, but the cat may not want to be petted. Um, if it's a feral cat, there's a good chance that as soon as it sees you, it's going to run and hide. So if it's a stray cat, that's a different story. It could, it could be someone's abandoned pet or it could be a lost pet. So it's always good to just kind of approach it, you know, cautiously, hold out your hand, see if it'll come to you. If it doesn't, you know, I wouldn't advise chasing it just simply for the fact that you could chase it into traffic. You could chase it, you know, into a place where it doesn't need to be. Um, but, you know, just kind of use caution. It's, it's, it's okay to see if it, if it will come to you because it could be someone's lost pet and they would love for you to, pick it up and help reunite them. Yeah. But in general, I think cats are affectionate, right? I mean, uh, or they are aloof. That's the, there's a misconception. You, you might as well clear it today. Yeah. I mean, cats have personalities just like people do. I, I think cats are very more like people than dogs. You know, dogs tend to mm -hmm. love everyone and, and they're very affectionate and social. Yeah. Cats, you know, you can have a cat who is very, very friendly, who wants to be in your lap, who wants to be with you all the time. I have one right now trying to come into the, the picture. <laughs> um, they. Oh, there. <laughs> you know. Um, she approves. She approves of this podcast. She does. She's very happy that, <laughs> that we're talking about this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, cats, they have different personalities. You can find a cat that may be aloof. You may find a cat that's super friendly. Um, you know, it that they kind of get a bad reputation. Everyone who doesn't like cats just kind of brushes them off and says that they're, you know, aloof and they don't like people. But it's really just not true. Right. I, I have friends who have, who are cat people and there are dog people, and there's a clear distinction there. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And do you, did you ever have an adoption that was from out of South Carolina? I mean, South Carolina, of course, yes. But did you ever have somebody say, I've seen this cat on your website and I would love to adopt him or her? And have they come across, have they reached out to you? Yes, actually, we, it happens um, every now and then we'll have a, a cat that it's kind of a, a rare breed or looks like a rare breed because uh -huh. you know again a lot of our rescues come from the streets or come from situations where we don't know their history we don't know what their breed is um but just 
recently we actually had uh, a person buy a house and they contacted us because the previous owner had left two Maine Coons and Maine Coons are, you know, a very sought after breed, but a lot of people will say that they have a Maine Coon and it's not actually a Maine Coon. Um, but these um, were actually two purebred, very large Maine Coon cats. And once we put them online, we got flooded with applications from people across America wanting these two cats and willing to pay us a lot of money. Um, but we always, you know, we interview everyone. We try to pick what we feel is going to be the best home for those cats. We don't, you know, we're not swayed by someone offering us lots of money or, you know, making promises. We, we look at many, many factors just to make sure that we're doing the best we can to place these animals in a, in a good situation. Right. I'm, I'm talking of money here. Uh, I'm sure most nonprofits are, you know, short of funds. It's always like that. You know, I wish we had more funds. I wish we could do this. So I'm sure that is the situation with you as well. So how do you tackle the situation or how can somebody wanting to help this organization, Feline Lifeline, help out? Um, yes, we always need funds. Um, our greatest need, probably outside of like foster homes, is for funds because veterinary care is very expensive. And then on top of that, we have cat food that we have to buy. We have, you know, various supplies and it's very expensive taking care of of cats and we do have to limit how many we can intake simply because we don't have enough money to care for them all. So um, we've done really well as far as raising money online using uh, Facebook and even Twitter and other social media platforms. But uh, largely, you know, I would say most of our funds come out of our own pockets. Our All of our volunteers contribute. Um, so, yeah, we definitely uh, would appreciate any donations. And, um, you know, you can go to our website. We have a donate button on the website. And, you know, if you have another way that you prefer to, to send us money, mm -hmm. then you can always reach out to us. We would love to talk to you. Absolutely. I'm sure this is, you know, it touches the heartstrings of people who really love cats. And uh, you obviously are passionate about cats. So that's how you're into this entire thing. Well, uh, here's a shout out to all the people who love cats. Please go ahead and uh, donate to Feline Lifeline. Thank you uh, very much, Angie, for talking to us. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much again for, for giving us a chance to, to talk about this topic. Large, expressive eyes, small, delicate noses, playful antics, and soft, fluffy fur can melt any heart. But too many of these are found abandoned, and thanks to organizations like Feline Lifeline, they have a second chance at life too. And here's hoping that everybody lives in peace and supports each other. Thank you very much for listening to this. Thank you.